Um, I think it's just uh, outlet for women to just express themselves, you know, to be free, to mm -hmm. actually channel everything into, channel all their energies into this sport and to just release it on the playing field. So it's basically a stress reliever for women like myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think the minute I stepped on our practice field for rugby, the calling happened. Uh, an eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro, right? Like, I like doing something, look, stopping and learning from it. Like, it just looked like it was a heavy hit. It gets up, it's not up. You know, that's the first time I played, like, professionally. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And those two Scottish guys, and I said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. Rugby is a sport where that's often coupled with actually having a good time. He looked at me and he said, you guys are awesome. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Time at Baylu, and this is the show where we speak to people about the opportunities they have found, created, or taken advantage of via rugby. Guys, we got really, truly an amazing guest today. Uh, coming out of Trinidad and Tobago, she's one badass rugby player. She's come from a family who I, I would consider them to be the first family of rugby in Trinidad and Tobago, uh, the Pantors. She's got two brothers who have been playing for years, one that is playing over in at Life University alone, and then a dad who has been one key person all throughout Trinidad and Tobago rugby. I'm talking about Nicolette Pantor, cop, captain, and just overall amazing person whatsoever. You guys are going to love this one. It's short. I'm not going to lie to you. We, we were taking a little bit of time, but you know what? It was concrete. It was really awesome to be able to talk with her and just be able to like get to know more of what was happening over in Trinidad and Tobago and just getting her story and everything because very rarely do you get to see uh, uh, full families of rugby like within the same generation like I mean, I guess it's maybe not that rare. Rare, rare on this side of the ocean. Let's let's maybe put it like that. I, I'm pretty sure over in England and South Africa and all these places. I mean, we we get like the brother, brother, whatever. But the point is, uh, this one is uh, this one was a really good uh, interview. I, I really truly enjoyed it. Of course, current news. Come on, guys. You know I've got to keep up with the current news because we missed last week. So I kind of feel bad about it. And But I am back. So as you can see, you'll see the background. Clearly, back in town. But, uh, yo, got a bit of give a big shout out to MLR, Major League Rugby. Like, yo, it's it's back and in full effect. They came out with their, their app and it, the app is actually pretty good. Like, it's, it's legitimately pretty good. I'm not getting paid anything to do this. It's, you know, we got to give it good information. It's easy to be able to catch replays and be able to catch up on games, especially whenever you analyze them, and, uh, you know, get the opportunity to be able to check it out. So, you know, I, I would let you know, recommend the Rugby Network app until, you know, further notice of some people creating their own. Huh? <laughs> but seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but no, guys, I, it's been a really good week, couple weeks, you know, being able to see these games going in in full force. It feels like there's a real season in. And I, I mean, obviously, there's a real season, but it feels like a real season now. Like it feels like we're in rugby, high school rugby going hard, college rugby going in, pro rugby going in. We're starting to see a little bit of elements of international rugby going in. I mean, obviously, Six Nations and all that has been happening now, but it continues to develop more and more from that point. So a lot of credit uh, to just being able to see really high-quality rugby as we start going through. And speaking of high-quality rugby, man, I want you guys to make sure that you guys catch the HBCU Rugby Classic and Music Festival coming up on May 1st and 2nd. We got a lot of great teams, got some great announcements kicking off at the beginning of the month, which is literally like a couple days away. So stay tuned, stay fine, stay hot, getting ready for this, all right? <laughs> 
But uh, I, it's going to be great. I, I'm telling you, we got some amazing teams coming in, and, and it's going to be about it. Of course, we're going to be streaming it out live. You know, this is how we do. We're trying to put people on the map. We're trying to make sure that we are recognizing the HBCUs, the predominantly black and brown teams, and continuing to be able to use them to be able to tap into the culture, continue to bring the culture into the community, continue to help the community build up, and then we set our identity and just be able to be a better sport more and more because this is the year, the era, post-pandemic is cultural inclusiveness. You like that? That was getting a real preacher there, right? <laughs> but yeah, guys, no, keep your eye out. We got some great news coming up about the HBCU Rugby Classic and Music Festival. So you really want to be a part of that um, coming up. But I'm not going to hold you guys off for too much longer. I just want to do one quick reminder before we head into this amazing conversation that we had. Uh, please, 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 please. If you got any friends and family, please share this show with them. If you feel like you're getting information, you're learning more, and you're continuing to be able to find out about people. One of my friends did a, told me a great thing when she said, um, listening to the podcast, she gets to learn more about friends, that she, her friends in, uh, uh, in rugby that she didn't even know, more information about them. So I love that. I'm learning everything a little along the way. But please, share this with your friends and family. And if you could, if you don't mind... Please leave a review if you have Apple Podcasts, a review, a few stars, a little message. You, I promise you I will even read it off the top for you guys. So it will help make it easier to be able to find the podcasts. And, of course, I am always appreciate that you guys are listening to it. I'm serious. Like, it feels amazing knowing that there are people who are just listening and enjoying these conversations because I genuinely love them, you know? And then, of course, uh, please, if you guys can, yo, subscribe over to uh, YouTube.com slash Gift Time Rugby Network. Of course, I keep talking about we're going to put more information and, and, and content up there, and I still stand by that promise. But these things, you know, we're taking time. We're we getting it together. But I promise, on top of the podcast, you guys have plenty to be able to work with over there from old game footage to great uh, uh articles video articles some skits and all the good stuff we got some reviews coming up soon and i'm telling you you guys are gonna love it jump right into it take advantage of it get the full feel of everything going on there so please subscribe over to gift youtube.com slash gift time rugby network um i appreciate it and uh you know, it'll mean a lot and, uh, you know, it helps us because it lets us know that we can get to the point where we can also provide even more and better content and continue to evolve so that you guys evolve with us. I want to be able to do better for you. And we all in this circle as we make this rugby sport that much more proficient over here and around the world. So, guys, uh, with that being said, I'm not going to hold you back any longer. I introduce you to the Nicolette Pantor. Check it out. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Time Bailu, and I got a very important person, one of the VIPs. Uh, I'm gonna call her part of the uh, family of rugby, one of the, the the few families of rugby in the Caribbean, and I'm gonna just give it to the Americas altogether. Um, Nicolette Pantor of Trinidad and Tobago. Nicolette, I want to thank you so much for uh, just taking the time. No problem. <laughs> well, look, I, I have to always say uh, one of the great things of having been able to to have you on is always getting to know where people start from. And, and like I was telling you before we started, um, I, it's, the Pantor name, I feel, is almost synonymous with rugby at this point in time between uh, your dad, your brothers, and then you as well uh, being one of the premier uh, Trinidad and Tobogan, uh players uh, and uh, known just your history that's gone along with it and, and how impactful you've been for women's rugby. So... Uh, I'm very honored again to be able to have you and to be able to talk to you and get to know you a little bit more. Nice. That's my pleasure. I'm here for any questions that you have. 
um, without Sido. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I kind of always like starting off with, with getting the origin story because, of course, for anything that you do, um, you know, there's a start. So for you, like, what, what was that start into rugby for, uh, for, for your journey? Well, I started playing rugby um, in my backyard. My father was the first person to introduce the game to me and my two brothers. Um, that was around age seven. Yeah, and from there, um, I loved the sport and I continued playing with my brothers and with their friends. And that was it. I kept on playing. So I have to ask, because I never really actually can tell, what, what is the, the range for you and your brothers from oldest to youngest? Okay, so I'm the oldest, right? And everyone is two years apart. Ah, okay. That makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. So, now, okay, you know, look, whenever you see the pictures, you, I feel like the matriarch feeling is out there, but I wasn't sure. I was just like, look, I just know Nicolette is owning the, ga owning the game, keeping everybody in check, but I didn't know exactly where the order was. So I, I love it. So I, I always find it interesting because, you know, as we're developing in this sport, it's always kind of weird to see how it's, it's kind of progressed for country to country. For you, like, obviously, as you got introduced early in life, like, how has the, how has the uh, rugby and Trinidad progressed uh, over the time that you've been playing for you? Well, when I was introduced to the sport, um, there was a lot of opportunities, especially for females in the game. Um, at that time, there were only the women's team playing. There weren't any um, other 19s, other 16s playing any female rugby. So any women that were involved in rugby would have to play with the males. So since then to now, there has been a lot of development that women can actually start at a younger age and they would have teams to play for, like the under 19 level, and they could actually go on to the national team now. See, I, I, I love that. And wait, wait, hold up, Tommy. So you guys were playing against the men. Wait, wait, are you, you guys also playing tackle against the men as well too? Yeah, at the youth level, because there were less women in, well, less girls in the game, when I had started playing rugby, we would have played rugby with the males against the males until yeah. we reached to the women's level. Oh man. So so you guys were already like rough and tough. You were like, yo, we're not afraid of anybody. We are even doing this all this time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I, I I love that. So by the time that you guys started getting to the national team level, now for you, was that was that a moment where was the national team created first or did you guys kind of see individual clubs on the island develop uh, initially? Well, the national team was always there, but um, the individual clubs, they started to develop more over the years. So, for example, like Exiles Rugby Youth Club, that is a club that developed over the years. Um, that's based in South Trinidad. That's a club that I originally started playing rugby for. Nice. That I, I like that. I like that. So as this is, you, you guys are seeing this development go on. And I always like to, especially when it comes with women's rugby, because there's always the, the there's always the struggle of uh, trying to establish the, the culture of rugby within the women when you're starting. And then you have the social culture trying to conflict against you. Uh, what was the, as you were playing and you were starting to see more women become a part of this, or what was the social dynamic around uh, your environment where, when people started seeing more and more women play rugby? Well, um, people usually, um, they, they aren't aware of women in rugby on the whole in Trinidad until they see the national team on TV, and then they question and they would ask, Wait a minute, there is a women's rugby team, there is women's rugby, there is rugby in Trinidad and Tobago. Because usually there were only um, males playing the sport. And since we started to like qualify for tournaments with the national women's team and get our names out there, um, start to 
post a lot of pictures and make the public aware of it. Then they basically accepted um, the women's rugby and the sports with the involvement of women. So that's that's how it was. Yeah. So it, so it was more naturally accepted. Just it was just like okay, we just needed to be aware of it. Yeah. Huh. I, I I find that interesting because you know you, again usually you get that that do, why would women play but I'm so happy that the island was already was just it was just like hey give us a chance to know what's going on and we just kind of smooth our way through yeah because the more the more that it was around starting at the school level is the more girls were interested in playing Be, the reason why they weren't playing before is because they were unaware that the sport existed on the island. So now that they are with the sport and seeing women involved in it and playing at an international level, they start yeah. to play more. Yeah. So I, I, I like to, I love to hear that because now it goes to the factor of does rugby impact culture or culture impact rugby? Like the more that you guys were seeing it now, do you feel like, well, I guess maybe let me ask this instead. Do you feel like women on the island were looking for a contact sport to be able to play uh, as opposed to maybe um, what would be traditionally there, whether it's in football or netball, cricket, et cetera? Do you think that there was um, an underlying hunger for people to want to to be to be able to maybe not say release aggression, but yeah, to release aggression uh, and be like, yo, we want to have this opportunity and there's a confidence in being able to have that uh, uh, outlet um well yeah you could say that yeah it's um it's that way because i mean the sports in Trinidad usually that women gravitate to are like netball track and field football mm -hmm. so i mean the awareness they they weren't aware that there were there was rugby in the country so the more we continue playing the more we introduce the sports to schools the more we um, promoted the sport is the more they became aware and would have engaged in the sport um yeah that's basically because every every girl or woman who has been introduced to the game thus far well this is from my experience they would have stayed in the sport yeah and they love it so no i it makes perfect sense look i i had the chance of being able to see you guys play uh initially my, my first time seeing it was in uh like 2015 whenever you guys came up to carry north carolina for the uh nacra uh championships so uh seeing the fluidity that you guys had was impressive especially you know this is six years ago so the the knowledge of even the caribbean rugby was still developing at that point um versus where i feel like it is now where you guys it's almost, for what it's worth, feels like you guys are a powerhouse in the Caribbean. You guys, you guys kind of dominate the game a little bit, you know. Yeah, we had we had our our great moments. Um, we had a lot of great moments, and I was thankful for those great moments. Yeah. Do you feel like when as you you playing rugby, and especially in Trinidad, um, and maybe you can kind of give me an idea, but. Um, I guess let me ask it like this: What what would you consider as what you would consider as Trinidad rugby? Like, what is the the cultural style that comes with um, rugby in Trinidad? Okay, so I that's a difficult question. That's what we do. Yeah, let's. It's not just going to be easy, no. <laughs> okay, in my own opinion. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's just an uh, outlet for women to just express themselves, you know, to be free, to mm -hmm. actually channel everything into, channel all their energies into this sport and to just release it on the playing field. So it's basically a stress reliever for women like myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, do, it almost sounds like you, you almost make it uh, an artistry versus a, right. a technical skill. Yeah, exactly how you said it. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment to talk to you about the Rugby Outlet Mall.
Now, I know you guys have heard me talk about this many times in the show before, typically in the intro, but I wanted to really make sure to get your focus on it because the Rugby Outlet Mall is not just the commerce hub for Gift Time Rugby, but it is an area where we want to be able to create the movement and the symbolic elements that add to the movement. The Rugby Outlet Mall is here so that we can have something to not just to have for the field, but more importantly to be able to have as a regular lifestyle. Because as you know, rugby is not just a sport. It's a whole way of life. It is a movement. And we have everything moving from cultural to your pop culture items like our Rugby Zon shirts or and sweaters, uh, sweaters as well as representing for the culture as we continue to develop the HBCU Rugby Classic and we want to continue to support these things because it only grows the sport overall. We are continually growing to be able to make sure that we are connecting with you on a personal level as well as a rugby love. And for you guys that are listening to the podcast and listening to this show, want to let you know that you are going to get 20% off all gear that is under the category of Gift Time Rugby Network and the HBCU Rugby Classic. That is basically the entire store. And all you need to use is promo code GROWRUGBY, G-R-E-A-U-X RUGBY. And with that, you guys will get 20% off any clothing that is in the store as of right now and of course we're always building up more and more each time but we want to make sure that you are able to symbolize your rugby faithfulness to the rest of the world and let them know that there is an opportunity to be able to develop to grow and to get better each and every time in this sport so guys i hope you guys check it out Definitely go, and you guys can go to www.rugbyoutletmall.com. That is rugbyoutletmall.com. Guys, you're not going to want to miss one bit of this. Now, let's get back to it. Yo, I I love it. Um, We're going to start calling you Picasso on the field, all right? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I like that idea because, you know, whenever we come into developing rugby, especially in country in, in non-major rugby countries, I think we always get caught up in the factor of trying to replicate what's going on in, in European or in New Zealand and try and see if we can mismatch that into some variation at home. But, you know, whenever you're talking about, like, being able to find your own self within the sport itself, uh, it does come from the individual context and how that works with the team. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we just, we play free. Yes, we would have structures and stuff in place for when we play in tournaments. But basically, when each of us step out on the field, that's the women's team I'm speaking about, um, we we are free. We, we are able to express ourselves, display our talents from the Caribbean, and just, you know, be proud doing that and be good ambassadors for our country. No, I love it. I love it. And and I, and I think that's it's one thing, again, that you guys have been really consistent with. And it's coming from the U19 youth and going all the way up. You know, you've, you've seen this, this develop over time. What has been some of the things that you guys have, what are examples of things that you guys have done that you feel has really helped change the way the game gets perceived uh, in Trinidad and, and how you guys have been able to grow uh, and develop a structure so so well over the the last you know decade or so. Well, um, firstly, we would have been able to develop because um, the coaches that are involved with the teams they would have um, went to America and got um, qualifications and whatever cert- certificates that they would have done. They would have brought that experience back to the Caribbean and try to teach the. Um, the male and the female teams, whatever they would have learned. Because, um, well, in the Caribbean, we don't really have much opportunities to go foreign and um, develop our skills as other teams may have. Um, so it's just basically, we, we just keep trying. We, we just stick with the sport and we keep playing. And whatever comes our way, we are willing to accept it. Whatever opportunities come our way, we just accept it. And we play with our hearts always. No, I, I, I like that. And it's it's it is in the passion that you start to see the most uh, innovation, right? Yeah. You know, and be able to see it in a wider scope. So 
So basically, you guys have been able to kind of still, it's almost like borrowing from places and then bringing it back and being able to develop. Do you, yeah. do you guys see that development of like coaches coming in underneath the country now that you have, you have people that go to the States and, and, and come back in or come in from um, Britain or UK or whatever and come in? Have you guys started to see uh, development within the, within the, the, the landscape itself, within the island itself? Yeah, I would say yes, because I started playing on the national team at age 13. So I was a 13-year-old playing amongst, like, women who are, right. like, 20 and, and up, right? So, like, being a part of that since then to now, I would say there would have been a lot of development because the shots that I had in place then and the assistance that the rugby union in Trinidad would have received through whatever partnership programs that they would have done and the knowledge that they brought back to us. The style of Trinidad rugby has developed a lot that we are now able to actually go to tournaments, run sevens and so on, and actually qualify and actually be noticed. So I would say, yes, it had a, a big impact because the rugby had developed. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And, and you know, I, I was talking with uh, Robert Perry with Curacao and he was. I was asking him about like development of like referees and stuff like that. Referees and educators uh, in Curacao, and they they were talking about their struggles. Um, how has that been for you guys? Uh, that obstacle because we know that what happens on the field is is one aspect. Getting to players and and everything is its own challenge. But the the scaling of the sport comes from what you're able to also do at an administrative level and what you're able to do at these these technical levels outside of what's just happening on the field. Um, how do you guys, how do you feel that has been developing, um, especially on, under the time that you've been watching? Yeah, well, well that has developed a lot um, because from where, when I started playing rugby, there were a few referees in Trinidad and Tobago. And now um, I would have, I would have remembered a few um, refereeing courses, coaching courses, level one, uh, being offered to athletes, well, rugby players in Trinidad, even non-rugby players in Trinidad, like physical education teachers, they would have been afforded the opportunity through the union and through um, RAN or the governing body of rugby to actually learn um, to coach the game, also to referee, and they would have received certifications. So it, it has developed a lot that there are a lot more touch judges, there are a lot more referees in Trinidad, and there are a lot more coaches who can teach at the school level as well. So development is happening, which I am thankful for. And the growth of the sport is also happening because of that development. No, that, that's that's what it is. You know, it, it's a cohesive effort, you know, yeah. to do. I, I love that. You know, I, I, I always find it interesting, um, especially whenever people are finding themselves in positions. Because you've now taken over as the... Uh, 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 union secretary for uh, Trinidad and Tobago Union, correct? I no, I am not the um, secretary. <laughs> oh, wait, what? I miss it. Well, you know what? This is where we get bad information, and uh, this is misreading. But you, you're in an administrative position um, in it still, no? No, I'm not. I'm just clear. I'm the the captain of the national women seventh team. Okay, yeah, I'm at administrative level as yet. I mean, I'll get there one day, but not now. <laughs> okay, all right. Look, look, we we adding it so that that works perfect. All right, again, we're we'll raise it. I'll eat my own bad information, but I knew that you were still the captain on that. So <laughs> it actually lets me rephrase the question a little bit better. You being as a leader on this and, and now being able to start setting up this next generation of rugby players, for you, what is it, the, the challenges that you, uh, what are the maybe the goals that you put on yourself to make sure that you're also helping to uh, bring these young women along and to be able to make sure that there is steady energy to keep bringing it forward? Well, basically, I started at a youth level. So any youth that comes onto the team, um, we always are welcoming towards them because one of the number one things that Trinidad Women's team is known for is the love that we give to the younger players so that when they come to train with us, we want to keep them in the sport, develop them and make them reach their full potential 
So whatever they learn from us or whatever um, the coaches impart to us, whatever they don't understand, we make sure that you know we share the knowledge, we make sure everybody's on the same page. So it's basically a love. Yeah. Yo, I want to talk to you guys about the HBC Rugby Classic and Music Festival. Yo, this is the best event that is coming out in terms of cultural rugby. It is a representative of the historically black colleges and universities, but not just simply to represent for them, but to be able to continue to promote the development of rugby in all communities. And we want you guys to know that we are coming back for May 1st and 2nd, 2021. Do not want to miss this one. I know there's a chance that you guys might not be able to come into the stadium, but please be sure to get ready to watch it. We have a great set of teams coming up, great invitations from youth rugby all the way up to senior level rugby. So we are not just going to make it so that you only look for or understand one part, but this is for the whole shebang. This is something that is growing that will only make us better. So definitely check out more information at www. HBCURugbyClassic.com or find us on uh, social media at HBCU Rugby on Twitter and HBCU Rugby Classic on Facebook and Instagram. Guys, I know you're going to love this. No, oh, and that's it goes back to trying to build that community feeling because. You know, you are, you know, one thing we always say within rugby is the camaraderie, but I think what we really even, what's even more accurate is like the global network that makes up rugby itself. Yeah. And I'd add to that is, you see, once these girls come onto the team in Trinidad, we do not get paid to play rugby. So most of the persons doing it, they're doing it because they're passionate about the sport, or they just love it on the whole. So to get athletes to stay, in the sport, we have to offer them either some form of love, comfort, you know, something that makes them connected to the team so that when they start the sport, they won't leave the sport because it's not much they receive in from the sport. So, I mean, they, they need to feel that togetherness, that family that the rugby union allows these athletes to feel. Um, once we continue that, we get them to stay and hopefully one day um, things could change where athletes could get paid and stuff like that and they would be able to reap that benefit no I, that is that is the truest statement that you could could put like it is you, it, it's giving something and we always talk i always talk with people about like the value that has to be coming out of the sport itself because if you're not getting something from it like why why do we keep bringing people in so i love the fact that you guys focus so heavily on making sure that there is that safety for for the players itself. Yeah. Now, there's one thing you you, you kind of spoke on it on, on talk about getting paid and, and stuff like that, or at least in, in, in funding. You know, I, I found that in non-major rugby countries, um, you know, it's it's pretty consistent. Like people are always trying to we're trying to figure out how do we get from point A to point B? Where do we get our money? Blah, 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 blah. Like for you guys, um, when you guys are doing fundraising, like what is what is that challenge? Have has there been things that you've kind of had to learn about yourself in the process of being like, okay, how do we help figure out where to get the money to travel and to and from? Yeah, well, look, we are fortunate enough to receive um, funding for tours and stuff from our government, the um, Toronto Big Olympic Committee. We receive funding from them, so we are so thankful for that. Um, as well as we may receive funding from international. Uh, I think the rugby union would know more about that part of the the, um, the sport. And as it relates to funding, the only two that I can speak on that I am knowledge about is the government of Trinidad and Tobago and the sports company, those governing bodies. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Uh, and then you know, again, that makes sense. There is there's one thing I want to ask you, um, and obviously. Uh, it's, maybe it's not obvious, but what I don't know if people know it or not, but you're also an officer, which makes you even more of a badass than uh, I think is ever uh, appreciated. You're awesome. So I, I, I wonder, does does working at doing rugby uh, impact the way that you also do your life? Because you're you're doing two jobs that require you to think on the fly to 
be always ready and to work with your your um, the people around you. You know, everybody has a job to do. Uh, do you find yourself just kind of connecting the two and, and how you make your decisions on the field impacts even how you do uh, in, uh, in the streets and doing for work? Yeah, one thing that I could say is discipline. Um, discipline that I have in rugby, um, that has made me disciplined in work as well. Um, also, being a team player, being involved in rugby and being an officer, um, the police service is a lot of persons. So I was able to, to learn how to be a team player at a very young age. And I was able to take that skill and transfer it into my work life because you're working with more than one person, just like you would be on a team with people, different personalities and all of that. And you see discipline and teamwork, those are two things that I could use in my everyday life, in my work life, and which has helped me as well. And also confidence, because you have to be confident, disciplined, and tough dealing with Stop and turn on to Vigo. No, no, it, it is true. Like it's, it's I, that focus changes everything on how you can perceive. Because especially whenever you're you're preparing, I think we we go so much on the fly on things that sometimes it's it's missed that a lot of things can be made easier if we had just prepared a little bit more in advance. Correct. You know, do do you pull yourself like even do you have have a maybe a, a schedule on how you prepare uh for games to versus what you do on a day-to-day -day. but like i guess before a game is there like a, a ritual or a process that you go to you know as you get ready to get onto the field yeah um mentally i like to think of myself um doing plays um envisioning the team working together so i, I basically think of the game like i I don't know how to play together properly, but I envision myself playing before I even hit the field. I think of myself playing, doing certain plays, you know? So it's like it's going through my mind before I even actually carry out the plays. Oh, so you're basically, it's like simulating it already in your head. You're just in like, I, I feel the hits. I know where I want to go. I know how it all feels from there. Yeah. Oh, oh no! I love that, and and again, you know, it it, it creates that um, what do they call it? that muscle memory, uh, in a sense of like knowing it. Um, let me ask you, I, I, whenever you obviously this was way back when you were younger, and I'm I'm gonna bring it back a little bit, but the first time that you played tackle, like, do you remember what that feeling was like for you? Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I I. Uh... <laughs> It wasn't nice because um, I had to make up my mind at that point when I received my first tackle that if I would continue with this sport or if it would have been, okay, well, that's enough. I don't, I'll choose our next sport. But um, I received my guy who was my age. And at that point, I decided that, you know what, you know, I really like this sport because I got back up and I, I, got the ball and I began to run and I scored. So it's like, it showed me to know to just never give up. Even though you might be getting hard tackles and stuff, it's just never give up, you know, you keep going. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> no, oh man, like I, I totally understand. I, I love the honesty in that because you know, sometimes people will be like, no, oh, it was great, it wasn't bad. It was like, no, it sucked, but yeah. I learned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, oh, I, I absolutely love that. Uh, you know, and, and and even now to this day, like now that you get on the field, obviously you've played a lot of games. So tackling has a different connotation. But, you know, for you, do you still get um, maybe some of those nerves? I know for me, sometimes going onto the field, I'll still get that little bit of um, flutter in, in, in the stomach just because the anticipation for you, especially because you've played a number of international games. Um, do you still get those, um, those ner maybe nerves is the wrong word, but that feeling, that excitement, that anticipation? Hey everybody, this is just the break train sitting out a personal little video diary to all you people out there, where I am going to document me riding most of the way. 
between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. It's number one is because um, it's part of my business. I do Rugby Lovers Guide to Asia. Number two is I want to bring a lot of exposure to the to the rugby clubs and the rugby NGOs and charities. Also, on a personal level, I just want to break uh, the funk I've kind of felt I've been into for the last 10 years. So for the next 12 months, I poured myself into the Singapore to Tokyo campaign, but it still wasn't enough. I needed help, and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is a extroverted tour de force. Say hi to my people out there. <laughs> Which makes up for my um social shortcomings. This place is unbelievable. It's not just it's like What's he supposed to do? Morons, a bunch of morons. Guys, picture with me. Picture. Australian. G'day mate. Can you use my phone? But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. After KL, Kuala Lumpur. Fuji, baby! Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, second! Yeah! Rugby is, is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries! And allows us to overcome incredible, incredible obstacles. It's just got so thick. It's just so thick here, now it's pouring down rain again. But coming to this Thai-Cambodia border has renewed all the aggression. So the whole thing's gone buggered. I got hit. What? I got Thailanded by a motorbike. I can just feel that knee, that ankle just going in all the wrong directions under the weight of my body. But that doesn't compare to the pain of, of failure. I'm dying. Oh, I'm dying. And that's what I've been worried about this whole time. We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, friends, family, sometimes complete strangers, come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come! Making a comeback! Four weeks, 2,300 miles, five countries. After all the trials and tribulations, this ride had become deeply personal. All that mattered now was getting to that Rugby World Cup game in Tokyo. Hey, buddy. All right. Be easy. Go check out redearthfilms.vhx.tv to get your copy of Singapore to Tokyo any way we can. That's redearthfilms.vhx.tv. Yeah, I do. Um, actually, before every game, because I, um, I, I don't know. I just feel nervous always before games. But as soon as I touch the field and the game, the whistle blows and the game starts, it it leaves. But I always get nervous because I always think of what if it goes wrong and i also think of what if it goes right and that causes nerves um especially on me and, and some of my teammates as well yeah oh i i love that let me do you have and i'm, I'm start to wrap it up because don't want to take up too much of your time i know you're busy so i always appreciate it but um you know for you is there a moment where where you actually i'm gonna ask two moments First moment just being that moment where you knew I absolutely wanted to keep playing this game. Like this 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 sets in. It doesn't necessarily have to be on the field, but it can be. But is is there a moment where it was just like it all felt like it clicked for you and you're like, Yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I have I had that moment um at my first um international tournament. I remembered um that was my first cup for Toronto and Tobago. Um, to Guyana, where we would have played in um, a seventh tournament, and uh, we reached to the final. And I got my first opportunity to play. I, I believe I played in the game, the, the semi-final. 
And I got a ball and I got it in the 22 and I ran. And I got tackled in the five meter um, area of the other team. And my teammates were there to support me. And I, I said to myself at that point, when the game was over, that, you know what, this sport, I mean, I, I felt like it is part of me and I need to continue playing it. And ever since that game, that was the moment that I know that you know, rugby is for me and I want to continue this and I want to give back to the sport and I want to have an impact on young girls and even young guys who would be involved in the sport. Oh, man, I love that. And, 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 and it, it, it's just, it is that moment where it's like, I always, it's the culture that always catches people the most. Like, I think we've, everybody, at least if you are an athlete in some way, shape or form, we always understand gameplay one way or another. But that culture of connection that is, you know, with both your teammates or even with your opponents, I think changes the way that you attach yourself to the game and it makes it maybe easier. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And then the second one is, uh, aside from from that moment, which seemed very significant in and of itself, what was a moment where you, where you, maybe played your most memorable game? Like it might not be like even the best or the worst, but it was just a moment where it just like it stuck to you, and you always sometimes cycle back to it from time to time. Well, that was that. Well, I actually have two of those moments. Oh, let's go! Yeah. <laughs> um, in North Carolina, when we had played that tournament, we had played a game against Jamaica. And I remember playing in the stadium. can't remember the name of the stadium. But we were at that stadium, and I believe that was the Caribbean semifinal or something like that. And we were able to win that game. Now, Jamaica is always a tough opponent for us and the fact that we won that game at that point in time and had qualified for the other tournaments that game stood out to me because every single try we score in that game we were able to do team plays and i am all for teamwork and anytime a team can work together as a unit and accomplish great things that those kind of stuff stand out to me always always and the second moment for me um was when i um First started playing with my brothers right i actually weren't playing at this time but i was looking at them play leon and Jaron panto my two brothers i mean i just saw what they could have done and i don't know something i just felt like something on the inside that said to me that you know hey this sport is for you and what they are doing out there you know it impacted my life and it impacted me so from seeing their play rugby i said that you know this is for me no, oh, I love that. Do you guys like sit down as a family all together and like talk rugby sometimes, just like and analyze each other's games and whatnot? Yeah, we do. And we also look at um, the International Seven, the World Rugby Sevens together. We look at it live. We actually stay up like sometimes two o'clock, three o'clock in the mornings when they're playing um, international tournaments. We actually up in Trinidad looking at the games and enjoying it together. Um, looking at Fiji, USA, uh, Canada, you know, New Zealand, we look at these teams and we try to play like them. You know, they are our role models from the Caribbean. We look at them and we try to get a thing or two from their style of play and bring it back to the Caribbean and give it our own twist to have that edge over the Caribbean athletes. Hey, <laughs> look, you know what? Slowly take the slow domination of the region, and then the world is next, right? <laughs> One step at a time. <laughs> Let's go. Last question for you, and I'm going I'm to let you go on it. Uh, what is it that you would want people to know about Trinidad and Tobago rugby um, that they might not know, or maybe a myth that you would want to spell? Um, when people think about your guys' rugby? Well, one thing I would like anybody who's watching this to know about Trinidad rugby is that there is a lot of talent in Trinidad and Tobago. If you're a university coach looking for athletes, Trinidad athletes are very, very talented. You can never go wrong by choosing Trinidad athletes. Matter of fact, the entire Caribbean, Caribbean athletes, with the development, with the proper development, you could have a world-class player. 
So I just want whoever's looking at this in whatever high positions to know that, you know, look at the Caribbean. There is a lot of talent here. Find us and you won't regret it. Yo, let's go. That's what I'm talking I feel energized. Let's get you guys out. Yo, Nicolette, I, I want to thank you so much again for, for doing this. Thank you for your time. Um, I, I love it and I feel like I know who you are a lot better than before. And uh, thank you. No problem. Man, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Nicolette, thank you so much for just taking the time. I truly, truly appreciated it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And of course, if you guys have an opportunity, please go check back in some of our guests that we've had all of them amazing vip guests when i say it i mean it and it is not something i'm taking lightly we have amazing people telling great stories creating around this and i hope you guys are hearing the gems that they are dropping along the way because they're basically telling us stories not just how to be better rugby players but how to be a better rugby industry how to be better rugby people how to be better rugby coaches and facilitators and participants and all across the board we had last week Jess Nelson uh, with York Rugby, former uh, Canada national team rugby player. For that, Keishan Downs, vice president for Jamaica Rugby Union. Prior to that, my guy Ryan Ginty of Next Level Rugby, who just has been producing the new Fox Sports 1 MLR show. Hey, all right, he's putting shows on broadcast TV. I think technically they might be cable TV, but it's still broadcast on Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports 2. I think Fox Sports 2, you know, but out here producing. Um, we had Sarah Alice Saul, former national team, men's national team manager. We've had uh, Adam Milby. We had Katie Sadlier. We got Dozon Tutsi Donway. We got, we've had Warren Mullis and Preston Thompson. We've had Tiffany Faye, captain, former captain for the 2017 Women's Rugby World Cup team. We've got Coma Gandy Fishbin of the USA Rugby Board. We've had Gordon Hanlon, a coaching uh, teacher, Kamani Davis of Maid. We've had Derek Lipskin of work, the Work.Education, Old Blue Rugby, uh, Old Blue Rugby of New York and Roots Rugby. Kelly Smith of the American Rugby Training Facility, Rashad Lipford of North Carolina A&T Rugby, I mean, some great, amazing people, Charity Williams, activist, Canada national team member, ultimately Olympic win, Olympic bronze medalist in that, uh, Angie Elena of Switzerland, an influencer, you guys catch her, like, we've had amazing people, this is an eclectic group that we're continuing to grow and develop, and we thank everybody for making it worth the while to be able to keep doing this. So I hope that you guys know that I hope that you're happy. I hope that you're healthy. And I hope that you know that you are highly favored. And I'll talk to you next time. Cheers. <laughs>